Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, the founder of Influencer Marketing and Branded Content Agency, Hollywood Branded. This podcast provides brand marketers a learning platform for top experts to share their insights and knowledge on topics which make a direct impact on your business today. While it is impossible to be well-versed on every topic and strategy that can improve bottom line results, my goal is to help you avoid making costly mistakes of time, energy, or money, whether you are doing a DIY approach or hiring an expert to help. Let's begin today's discussion. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacy Jones. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacy Jones. I'm so happy to be here with you all today, and I want to give a very warm welcome to Kelly Glover, a booking agent and the powerhouse publicist behind the Talent Squad. Her 18-year track record in media includes working as a celebrity interviewer, talent agent, radio host, and podcast producer. In the 12 years since her first podcast was published, Kelly graduated from the Australian Film Television Radio School, hosted her own syndicated radio show, produced podcasts for the Mamma Mia Women's Network, and launched her own podcast agency, The Talent Squad. During that time, she's accumulated over 5,000 hours on air and booked over 2,000 interviews. Last year, she received the Best Branded Podcast Award. Today, we're going to talk about all things podcasting including PR opportunities and how to pitch your podcast and what having a podcast can do for you and your business. We will learn what's worked from Kelly's experience, what could be avoided, and how some podcasts are missing the mark. Kelly, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you, Stacey. Walking the talk. I love it. Yes, I love podcasting. I love interviewing and I love having people who know how to do podcasting even better on the show. So, could we start off chatting a little bit about your background and what got you to doing what you're doing today? Sure. So the first thing you might notice about me is my accent. So yes, I'm Australian, but I actually graduated from Ohio University. So I went to college in Ohio and I'm in New York. So a little bit of an international vibe. Um, my background is in commercial radio. I was a radio announcer, hosted a syndicated show, did lots of celebrity interviews on the red carpet, mm-hmm. produced shows, and now I run my own um, agency. So my background in broadcasting, in talent agency, in casting, in being a producer, being on air, like I know every single side of it, which is amazing because I can reverse engineer everything. So I know all the secrets, all the secrets, Stacey. That is awesome. You definitely come with a lot of experience, without a doubt. Yeah, it's great. I'm here to tell you the secrets. Okay, so let's start off talking about those secrets. You know, how, you know, do people just wake up? I know I actually did, but do people just wake up and say, I want to have a podcast or how do you know it's time to have a podcast? I think people do. And I think it's been in the ether for a really long time. So I first started podcasting in 2007. So this is when I was in radio and it was radio minus songs minus commercials. So it's been around for a really long time. Even before that, I'm not the first person to ever do a podcast, like whatever. But I think people are really getting into it now and it's accessible and it's much easier and the barrier to entry is lower and you can get a podcast up in a day. You absolutely can and anybody can do it. So I think people, people want to have a go and they are, and that's great. The difference is if you keep going, cause there's such a thing called pod fade. I think people might make the mistake of not really knowing what goes into a podcast, mm-hmm. but that's something you learn along the way and you learn something every time. So whatever your personal journey is, is what your personal journey is. I get that. How soon does podcast fade potentially start? Oh, 
lot. People put up one episode and never come back to it. Because <laughs> there's, there's a lot of moving pieces to keep it going. It's a machine. And if you commit to a weekly episode, that's 52 episodes of a year. That's a lot. That's a lot of guests. That's a lot of show notes. That's a lot of editing. That's a lot of artwork. It's, there's a lot to it, which is fine. But I think people, most people are doing it in addition to, it's not a sole income stream. It's in addition to what they're doing. And they quickly find out that there's a lot of work involved. Right. And they probably, a lot of them started kind of as a side hustle and they're doing all the parts themselves. And then they're realizing, mm, I need some help. Yeah. It's under, you don't know what you don't know and you don't know what goes into it until you actually have to do it. So, um, but you learn skills from everything. So I think if you're interested, do it, have a go. And you also don't have to publish, like have a go at doing a podcast. You don't have to actually put it on the internet. Okay. If you just want to practice, if you just want to practice hosting or interviewing skills or speaking skills, you can, before you commit to getting the platform and the website and all the moving parts, have a go and do a few interviews and see if you like it or not. And do you think people need to listen to podcasts before creating their own podcast? Yes, I think you should. I think, how, well, how would anyone, I mean, I don't think anyone's not listened to a podcast and decided to do one because they wouldn't really know what it is. But I think, listen to other pe- how other people do it, make your own decisions, but um, yeah, have a, have a listen in your niche and out of your niche and see what's around. What are the first steps someone needs to consider when starting podcast? Um, who, what's the point of it? So who are you speaking to? Why are you speaking to them? What are you speaking to them about? And what action do they want to take as a result of listening to you? Okay. And then what is the next thing they need to consider? The next thing is, do you have the um, scaffolding in place for the building? So you want to build this podcast. Have you got everything in place to do that? Have you got the interviews lined up? Have you got your mics and equipment ready to go? Have you got the website ready? Have you got the socials in place? How are you going to push it out to all the people? Have you got someone to edit the show? Um, so you need the machine in place for as, as well. Okay. And where would someone learn this information typically? How would someone go about and figure this out? Um, If someone doesn't know anything about podcasting, uh, the first thing I would do is Google how to make a podcast and you can find so many. Everyone's got a course on how to make a podcast these days. Mm -hmm. Um, John Lee Dumas, Entrepreneurs on Fire. He's got some great stuff. Pat Flynn has some great stuff. All the people that have been in it for a really long time have a lot of how-tos on podcast. You can record it with the microphone setup I've got is, it's pretty common in podcasting. It's an ATR2100. They're about, you just get it delivered on Amazon within 48 hours and a mic stand and it's plugged into my computer by USB. So if you want to get a super fancy, awesome mic set up that costs thousands of dollars. You can absolutely do that. And that will be amazing. But if you just want to get started, you can order something on Amazon, have it within a couple of days, record something and put it up, do your artwork in Canva. It's absolutely possible. Perfect. So you have your artwork, you've had your podcast name, you've registered, you have your domains. You've decided if you're using Libsyn or another service to actually host, you've done all the technical parts. What is the first step to start getting guests? So the first thing would to be is to look in your own network. Who do you know that would be great for your audience and bring them on the show? I would do some practice interviews first um, just to make sure you've got your, like, for example, this interview is being done by Zoom. 
well, you need to know how to hook into Zoom. You need to make sure your microphone works. You need to make sure that it's actually recording properly. You need to make sure you're confident on the microphone and you can do your introduction. Um, I think a lot of people say done is better than perfect. I disagree with that in some ways in podcasts. Like you wouldn't show up to a job interview wearing a pair of flip-flops and a pair of shorts. So I would say just get the minimum viable product with like, don't do it with just earbuds and um, your computer mic. Invest at the, like, this is the, probably the minimal viable product. This is my, I like this too. I'm using my traveling kit today. Um, so make sure you sound good because in a podcast, all you have is the audio. So if it sounds bad, no one's coming back to your show after episode one. So make sure you've got that set up. Um, and with, same with the, and the reason I'm saying that is with guests, your guests also need to have a great setup. I would not interview somebody on in a podcast if they had no microphone and just earbuds because that's going to sound bad and the audience is going to be annoyed. Um, so look in your immediate circle for guests. Also ask your audience, what do they want to hear? Who, what, what do they want to learn? Um, and look at people that already have shows. So finding guests for your show is you need to look around you need to figure out who you want to talk to, why you want to talk to them, what the guests want, who you already know, and who already has a show. And I will say something that's brilliant that I've learned through podcasting is the more podcasts that you do, the more people you speak with, the more referrals they're going to send back your way. So it's going to become a machine that kind of feeds itself as far as your guests go many, many times. They might not necessarily be spot on, but usually they'll be directed towards you and for a reason because there's a fit. Yeah. And the other way is going on other people's podcasts. So if you don't have a podcast and you're not sure about committing to that, which I don't have a podcast, I go on other people's shows. That's a strategy. The guest strategy is to go on, instead of doing 52 episodes a year, go on 52 shows a year. So you're accessing other people's audiences. Um, you can do that first. And that's an excellent way to hone your interview skills, to see what hosts do from the other angles, see what their systems and processes are in place, and then figure out, do I want to do this as a strategy? And then once you've been on other people's shows, guess what? You've got those, say, 52 guest interviews that you've done to draw upon to invite them back to your shows. Reciprocation is really, really big in podcasting. It's, it's not the thing, it's not a given just because you go on someone's show or you invite someone on your show. It's not an expectation that it will be reciprocated, but it is a benefit. So there's benefits to doing your own show and there's benefits to being a guest on other people's shows first to reach their audience. 100%. And you're able to leverage each of your audiences in both situations. So, what is the best way to prepare? So, you know, do you need to do media training? How do you need to make sure that you're going to be Johnny on the fly on either your own podcast or someone else's podcast and comfortable talking on air? So, yes. And I think this is where people make a mistake. People think, oh, I'm a good talker. I can be a great guest on a podcast. Well, yes and no, depending on the purpose. If you just want to have a nice, fun chat, yeah, go on a podcast without any training and any preparation. But at the Talent Squad, with our clients at the agency, we say winging it is a waste. We want you to go in completely prepared when you're a guest on the podcast because you can't guarantee that the host is going to be prepared. So a lot of people are authors, right? They want to go in and promote the book, talk about the book. That's the point. Well, the host may not have read your book. What do you do then? Um, 
if they're not asking you the questions that you want to be asked, you need to ask and answer your own questions. You need to get your key message. And that's a skill in itself, right? Um, you need to get your key messaging in there. You need to do, how many times do you do that? Do you say it once? No, you need to integrate it multiple times. You need to integrate your keywords multiple times because if a show like this show is going to have transcripts and show notes, I want to make sure my keywords podcast guest booking agency are going to show up in the transcription. So when people search, because a benefit of being on podcasts is SEO, that those um, keywords are going to show up in the SEO of the show notes. And if the interview goes out on uh, YouTube, which many are second biggest search engine in the world, then those keywords are going to show up in YouTube as well. So yes, you can go unprepared and have a nice chat and that's great. But if you don't have your messaging, your keywords, your call to action in there um, and know how to handle an interviewer, then, then you're winging it and, and it's a waste of an interview. So much goes into getting that interview. If you think about a show that like, let's use weekly, 52 spots a year, right? That it sounds like a lot, but that's not actually many because if a show um, and Stacey, I don't know how many times you get pitched, but lots of podcasts get pitched 50 times a day. Mm-hmm. Well, if you get 50 pitches, that's more than 18,000 pitches a year. So to get one of those 52 spots, you're up against 18,000 people to get that spot. So why would you go to an interview unprepared if it's taken so much to get that interview and then you won't get the benefit after? No, I mean, and really so, yeah. yeah, and this parlays over into any type of guest speaking opportunity. Oh, it's- yeah. It's not just podcast. It's any kind of media, any kind of media whatsoever. Everything that I'm saying transfers to all kind of media outreach. Absolutely. So what happens if you are on a podcast and you freeze and you're just, you know, you're the guest or you could be the host, I suppose. And you just, it's, it's the fumble fallout of the century. How do you handle that? Okay. Podcasts are a different beast because they are most of the time pre-recorded. The host is there to make you look good. They do not want to make you look like an idiot. They want to look like a genius for selecting you out of those 52 people to have you on the show. So I would just pause and and repeat it again because you know that show is going to get edited. I've stumbled. I'm a... Like, like you said earlier in the interview, I've done 5,000 hours on air on radio live. There is no do-overs. I've taken the station off air. I've put in phone calls on the air over music. I've had faders down, like everything possible. I've had a, pre, a, a talking track go over the top of me talking. Like everything that makes you feel sick inside has happened to me and that's live. So a show does not want that to happen and it's pre-recorded. So just pause, know it's going to be edited and move on with what you're going or just say, I'm sorry, I've lost my train of thought. Can I have a second? The host will be gracious and say yes. That also, when you pause, that gives a marker for the editor because in the waveform, when it shows up, they'll see a big pause. So it makes it easier for them to go in and chop out the fumble Um, And if you need to look at your notes, look at your notes and get what you've got to say, because it's very important. So that's how I would, that's how I would do it. And I've stumbled. I've said the wrong, you know, yesterday, I was certain my notifications were all turned off and something popped up. So I just paused and I repeated what I said, because I knew you've got to think of what the host will want and what the editor will want. I knew that that would need to be edited out. So I repeated that because I know that that's what will make the audio the best. 
And for all of our listeners, you have to understand, you know, most of the podcasts that are occurring now have other things going on in the background. They're not in professional studios. On occasion, you'll find someone who has a professional studio, but it's usually out of someone's home. UPS comes by. In my case, the dogs will bark. You know, there will be construction that happens. If you're at your office, there's some sort of chaos that occurs. So all of these are happening in kind of the background of podcasts pretty much every day in, day out. Yeah, so you need to be, I'm in New York. For sure, within this interview, some kind of a siren is going to happen. I don't know what kind, but some kind. So if I was to hear that, I would pause and go again. The other thing is you need to be aware of your environment, whether you are hosting a podcast or you're a guest on a podcast. I turn the air conditioner off. I put a note on the door for the UPS saying recording in progress. Please don't knock. Please don't ring the bell. I um, make sure any fans are turned off. I'm... I make sure I made them see. And again, I'm a professional, but I still made the mistake yesterday. I have an um, A-L-E-X-A and I was referencing that in the interview. And then she started talking in the background because when they hear the name, so that's something you don't think of. So you need to be prepared on all those aspects to make sure. And you know what? Don't schedule an interview if the lawnmower man's coming by that day at 12 o'clock and your interview's at 12 o'clock. So just think ahead of that. They're tiny things but they make a difference. But like you said, if you do make a mistake, it's not the end of the world. It's pre-recorded, and you can go again. The host is on your side. They want you to be your best. A moment ago, you talked about SEO and making yes. sure you use keywords and you know, leveraging that really for transcripts overall. Is there other ways that you think you could be you know, improving your podcast? You know, obviously your call to action, what you want to talk about, your SEO. Is there anything else that's super important to make sure you get in there? For SEO yep. in podcasts? Yeah, it's the keywords. It's using the collection because it will be, well, in the, um, the show notes, it's also the link backs backlinks that will help. So always give the host the backlinks to what you're looking for and then the keywords. So, you know, podcast guest booking agency, we've said that you'll notice like I walk my talk. So throughout this interview, I've put little keywords in, but I don't want to sound like a robot and I don't want it to sound disingenuous (laughs) and because that's not the point of what I'm doing. So you need to sound like a real person instead of sounding like a used car salesman or a robot. So, and then the other way is to put in, to get little quotables, um, to put in, you know, media sound bites. Mm -hmm. So one of them would be like, you know, winging it is a waste. That's something I say all the time. It's a little bit of a catchphrase, but it's also true. And it's true to my brand. And I do believe that. So it's a little cool catchphrase. It's something you're going to remember as well. So not only in there for SE, um, that's not so much SEO, no one's searching winging it for a waste, but to hear these things over and over again like, um, is, is really important. Okay. So moving into pitching, what should be created for either the podcast host media kit or a guest speaker kit? So for the, they're the inverse of the same thing. So for a podcast guest, and I think this is a little bit of a mistake people make as well, Stacey, is that they think, okay, well, I'm going to go straight to pitching. But what you need to have ready before the pitching is the messaging. 
So you need to make sure you've got your expertise and your story turned into topics, turned into talking points, turned into angles to pitch the media, turned into media ready hooks. So that all needs to be in place before you even pitch. I find a lot of people pitch without really having all their ducks in a row and any, as you would know, as a host and a producer, um, if someone doesn't have that in place, they're not getting through. If you're one of those 52 vying for the 18,000 spots and you don't have that stuff on point and you say, Hey, I want to come and talk on your show about business or marketing. The answer is, so what, who cares? If you, if you can answer, so what, who cares, then your pitch isn't great. You don't even have a pitch. Um, your pitch may not even get opened if your subject line isn't great. So you need to have that in place first um, before you even write the pitch. Now, as far as pitch assets go, everything that I've just said does is part of the pitch assets. So it needs to be a media one sheet. So that's a PDF file that has your, um, your name, your headline, your talking points, sample questions. It'll have a professional headshot on there. It'll have your socials on there. It'll have um, your logo on there. So it looks, it's brand, it's um, brand integrated. It looks exactly like it could just be ripped off your website as a one sheet overview of what you are bringing to the table. And that's not about you. The bio is about you, but everything isn't. Everything else is for the host for here's what I can offer your audience. So the pitch isn't about you. It's about them and what you can offer them. Um, so that's your messaging, that's your pitch. And then something that we do at the talent squad agency is, uh, um, media vault, which you would have received. So that's an online media kit and that has everything. It's the one sheet 10 X. So instead of just having a headshot in there, it'll have six headshots that you can choose with, a, you know, a transparent background, a white background, a lifestyle shot, a three quarter shot, a headshot, like all these different things that the host can use. And then I want you to hear my voice and see me. So I might put a video in there so you can, when you're going to check, you'll be like, oh yeah, she's actually a great speaker. Great. I can see that. Oh yeah. She'll be camera ready. Great. Because you're, your content might be great, but you also need to bring it to the table as a media professional and expert, right? Um, and on the one sheet, you might have five talking topics. On the one sheet, you might have five speaking topics. However, in the media vault, you could have 20 and the person can go in and cherry pick from that. So you are taking all the annoying bits that the host has to do out of the... Um, transaction and saving them a couple of hours work by having this in one spot. That's what I put in the media vault. And what's phenomenal about all of those things and what you just described is that again can be used for any sort of media outlet. And it's going to give you a foot, you know, a step forward, a foot up against other people within your field, because these are all things reporters also are going to be interested in. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yes. It's not just for podcast hosts. It's for, yes, everything you've said. Um, and so you can have a sizzle reel in there. You can have past podcast interviews in there. If you've written articles, you can have that in there. If you've won awards, you can have that in there. I, in this little media vault, I would have facts and stats. So the podcast, I think another mistake people make is thinking that the pitch and even the one sheet is going to get you the interview. It doesn't. The pitch, the producers and hosts make their own decision. That is the gateway to them saying, yes, I want to know more. And then they will vet you and make the decision. They don't make the decision on the pitch. The pitch is the set. You know, when you go into the cake shop and they have that little sampler 
on the counter and you get to like taste a little bit of the cake, this is what the pitch is. And then they decide if they want to buy the cake or not. Well, that's I think absolutely that's, what it is. Yeah. And that's the entire marketing strategy of nothing but, but nothing but cakes, I believe, is that little tiny nibble teaser. Yeah. The first time is free. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Um, and then the inverse for hosts. So you're saying, okay, if I've got a podcast and I want people on my show, well, the way I look at it is if, if you're inviting Oprah to be on your show, are you inviting her to your studio apartment or are you inviting her to the Met Gala? You need to show her what you're in inviting people. They want to know the opposite side. Who's your audience? What's your reach? What's the show going to be like? So then you have to sell on the other hand. This is all buying and selling. When you want to be a guest on someone's show, you, you're selling yourself. When you want someone to be a guest on your show, you're selling yourself. So it's who's the buyer, who is the seller, everyone has a role, and which position are you taking and how are you executing that? Perfect. And you've, all, you've also got to deliver. Like we develop clickbait at the Town Squad Agency for our clients, but we say it's clickbait that actually delivers. So I can write you an amazing hook for your expertise, but if you can't go on that show and back it up and do a great interview and deliver the goods, then that's a wasted opportunity. Perfect. So after you have secured your opportunity, you have actually recorded it, you're done, but you're not really done. What is the next step? Because this is where everything really comes together. And this is where you're going to determine whether it's a win or not a win for you. Yeah. If you record a podcast and no one listens to it, who cares? SEO cares. We've we've established that, but um, you need to promote leverage and repurpose that interview. Now, when you're a guest on somebody's show, it's not always about the audience and the downloads. It's about being a part of a niche audience. Niche is better. The riches are in the niches. I believe that. Um, But it's also about your relationship with the host. Sometimes the host or the guest is the actual target of being on podcasts, not the audience because, and that's a benefit of podcasts that not everyone sees straight off the bat. So you can um, leverage speaking gigs. You can repurpose the content. Podcasts are evergreen. So they're going to be around for a really long time. We record this today. It might go out in a month, then it will be published, but someone's going to look at that back catalog and they might discover this in one or two years time. So you need to make sure that what you are saying on the show is evergreen. The concepts are evergreen. Um, And then talking about benefits, there could be a partnership with the host. There could be an affiliate affiliate program with the host. The host could become a client. The guest could become a client. If you have a guest on the show and they become a client, that could be a $20,000 client. Now, if you're looking at um, the, the clicks and the, not clicks, sorry, podcasting, if you're listening, if you're thinking about the download CPMs, well, a CPM is average $25 for a thousand listens. That's a lot of listens you need to get to earn that $20,000 or one client, just for an example as a round number. No, and I have a friend who created a book and I've had Stephen on the show before actually, and it's very much so about how to leverage and use podcasting, his way of doing it, in order to win clients. And that's a strategy that a lot of people use in order to knock on doors and have someone say, oh my gosh, this is phenomenal. And I liked talking to you. I liked relating with you. It builds trust between those two people very, very quickly. 
Yeah. So, and that's the thing, podcast 30 to 60 minutes, you're going to know if you like the person or not from the sound of their voice, from the energy of the voice, from the articulation that they're they're using. You can't get that from a blog post. And even in a blog post, you might read a couple of lines and not the whole thing, but you can't get the true essence of the person. Um, Yeah. And people don't read it all. They don't watch all of the videos, but in podcasts, most listeners listen to all or most of the podcast. So, because you can pause it and come back to it and it's, you can do multiple things where on a video, you have to put your eyes on it and watch it with an article. You have to put your eyes on and watch it. It's something that you happen to come across, but with podcasting, people are searching for podcasts. And also it's like you said, the referral. So by me coming on your show, that's a warm introduction because you're already saying, I trust Kelly. I like Kelly. I'm bringing her on guys. I would like to introduce you to Kelly because I think she's great and has something to say. So they're already like, well, if Stacy thinks she's great, I better listen to her. Now people will make their own decisions if they like you or don't like you, which is also excellent because if you love me, oh my gosh, come to the talent squad. I would love to book you as a guest. If you can't DIY, come to the talent squad Academy. I'll teach you how to do it. If you dislike me, that's good too, because it X's us both out of the equation. And then you go and find the person that you do like. And did did everyone hear right now how well she just put in her company's name, another option that you could go to if you weren't ready to hire her. I mean, that's really key on podcasts. Yeah. So that was on purpose, but it was also in context. So I think this is an interesting interview because we're on a podcast talking about podcasts. I'm talking about how to do the best in being on a guest on a podcast. And then I'm trying to do it as well and show examples. So I've said the talent squad, I've said um, talent squad Academy. I've said that we're an agency. I've said that we offer DIY I've used some of the like clickbait that actually delivers winging it is a waste. So I'm showing you guys how to do it so you can do it yourselves. Right. And you've really basically wrapped around your own brand messaging around who you are and that's what you're carrying with you. And that's, what's important to remember that as you're sharing this in all of your media formats, again, because while we're talking about podcasts, this does work for television. This does work for print interviews and digital interviews you are providing your listeners, your readership, your viewer base with what your message is that you want to get across. And you have to repeat it multiple times, Stacey, because you've got to get it into the podcast. You've got to get it into the interview. You know who's really good? Politicians. Like them, dislike them. They will speak in sound bites. They will stay on message. They will hammer that message out. Most people don't like them and it's not in the friendliest way possible, but they are very good at it. So if you watch it, they are media trained. So I think there's something in between winging it is a waste to being a politician somewhere in the middle, which is where I try to be, um, where I think people can do it with your own style. Like if you can crack jokes, awesome, but don't try and be a comedian if that's not you. Like I've tried to be the sugarcoat person. I'm not, I'm, I'm real. And I'm like, here's what works. Here's what doesn't you like it. You don't like it. And if I tried to be anything else, I would just come off as not being genuine. That's very fair. And then what are other mistakes that we haven't talked about that people typically make or sometimes make? I think people make the mistake of thinking that being a guest on podcast is direct marketing and that you go on a show, something will happen the next day after it gets released. I don't think that's right. I think that it's a long play and you need to be 
in the long play hall with podcasting because it's not advertising. If you want advertising, you need to pay for the time that it's on, pay for the, like you can, you can control it. Being a guest on podcasts is earned media. So you need to think of it as PR and earned media. You can't control, you can't, you are not in control unless you are hosting it or unless you are paying for it. So I think just switching, I think just the expectations is where you need to, where you need to set it, but also having everything ready on the other side. You can't just go on a show, not repurpose the content, not promote the content. Um, you need to, you need to work for it on the other end and keep it rolling. No, and you also need to have systems in place if you have a podcast so that everything can be literally rinse and repeat and rinse, oh, and, repeat and, rinse and repeat. Absolutely. And it's a format because like TV shows, show, TV shows follow the same format. News shows follow the same format. People know, okay, well, I'm going on. Stacey's going to do this. She's going to bring on the guest. This is a line of questioning I can expect. You want, you want the same the same um, format every time that you go on the show because that's what you're showing up for. And people know that that's what they're getting. Yeah. So if you can share now, not slipping it in, not sliding it in, but actually everyone pay attention and listen. How, what is it that you do for people? What is your business and, and how can people learn more? And where can they learn if they want to do it themselves? Okay, so we are the Talent Squad and we're a podcast guest booking agency. So if you have the budget, if you have a PR budget and you want to outsource and you want someone to handle your messaging, your pitching and getting you booked on shows, that's when you should come to us and we'll get you booked on podcasts as part of your strategy to reach your ideal audience. Now, if you don't have that budget and you want to do it yourself, I don't think you need to have an agency you can learn to do it yourself but you must do it professionally so you need to do your messaging your pitching and your interview training and that's when I will teach you how to do all that like a professional like we do at the agency that's the talent squad academy perfect and all of that will be in our show notes so listeners if you're driving or walking or doing lots of other things and not taking notes you'll be able to find that that's not a problem yeah, actually, why don't we do talentsquad.com slash Hollywood and I will show you the media vault. So you can go in and have a look at what that media vault is and then you can replicate that with your own branding. That is awesome. And I will tell you all that when our team was putting this podcast together, they were so incredibly impressed by the media vault and how it was prepared and how the questions were prepared, that this is something that's really valuable that you should be checking out. Well, Kelly, any other last minute advice for our listeners before we start to wrap up? I think get started. If you're thinking about doing podcasts, it's getting more and more and more competitive. And I've just seen it accelerate over the last few years. So if this is something you're serious about and you think that it is a good strategy, just get started in some way because I can guarantee your competitors are. And if you hear them on shows and they take your spot out of those 52, you're going to, I don't know if what you're like, but I get serious FOMO. And if I see someone do something that I've been thinking about and they get there first, I'm annoyed. So um, give it a go, but just make sure you're prepared. And everything that I've said also transfers across to everything in media. So it's not wasted. It's not like if you do it and decide, oh, I don't want to do podcast, it's wasted. Having that messaging on point and having those 
hooks in place um, and all your ducks in a row with regards to the media vault is still great across your business. So nothing will be wasted or lost if you decide not to go ahead with this strategy. Yeah, absolutely. And you may find that you don't like talking on air and that you really like writing. And there's options to do that out there with media as well. Yeah, not this is if you decide to do it. If you hate going on podcasts and you don't like talking, don't do it. You don't have to. I want to thank Kelly again for joining us today and thank all of you for tuning in to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Kelly's provided us with a wealth of information about podcasting. I know I appreciate the time she shared with us today, and now I'm even more excited to dive in and do more podcasts and interview more guests and create my own better media vault. Kelly, thank you again. I'll chat with all of you again on our next podcast.